Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. Welcome back to another episode of the Lux Unplugged podcast. On this occasion, Thierry and myself are being interviewed by Sophie Weber from the London-based Luxembourg Society which promotes closer relations and friendship between Britain and the Grand Duchy. To celebrate the second anniversary of our exciting adventure, we thought it would be an excellent time to talk about the genesis and the background of the podcast. We also take this opportunity to make important announcements about our future plans. This conversation was recorded on the 16th of November 2021 as part of a live event at the Luxembourg Embassy. Hence, we would like to thank Jean Olinger, the Luxembourg Ambassador to the UK, for facilitating this in-person event on the embassy premises. But now, please enjoy our conversation with Sophie Weber, member of the Luxembourg Society here in London. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Sophie Weber. I am a Luxembourger living in London and a member of the Council of the Luxembourg Society. Um, Thank you to those joining us in person here at the Luxembourg Embassy in London and to everyone who's listening um, to the live stream. Um, I'm happy to see that as a society, we're finally able to host an event um, and part of it even in person. Um, One would hope that this will continue. I'm joined tonight by Adrien Loesch and Thierry Schoen, the founders of the Lux Unplugged podcast. Maybe before we start, um, I will give them a quick opportunity um, to introduce themselves. So I guess I'll uh, I'll start. So um, I'm I'm Adrien Loesch, as uh, Sophie just said. So thank you very much for having me and having us at the embassy. So in a nutshell, so I'm the co-founder of the Luxembourg podcast, as the audience knows. Been uh, living in London for close to 10 years now, actually. Thinks uh, well, time time flies. And uh, my background mainly has, has been in finance, started my career in, in, in banking, and um, I'm now active in the uh, financial technology uh, sector where I'm now very, uh, very much involved in a in a startup, and anything else is taking care of my newborn and uh, and of course of this podcast. Thank you, Sophie, for the invite. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Thierry Schoen. I live in London now for thirteen years. Always worked in sales, marketing, and uh, construction facilities management. Um, similar to Adrian. I'm from Luxembourg, um, and yes, we started the podcast about two years ago, and excited to be here. Well, thank you for that. So what I want to do today is I want to explore with both of you how this podcast came to life and talk a bit about your plans for the future. Um, I've known you both for actually quite some years. Um, I mean, the Luxembourg community in London is really quite small, um, and the drinks at the embassy are obviously always a great opportunity to meet new friends. Um, as I as I understand it, you've known each other obviously for some years as well. Maybe you can tell us a bit about uh, when you first had the idea for the podcast. How did that idea come about? So, the idea about Lux Unplugged came more about a personal consumption, uh, came from a personal consumption need because Jerry and I just sat down. We just have regular catch ups at pubs, and I think that the, the the day on which the idea came up was in Shoreditch, so one of those East London trendy places that, that you can think of. And we just realized that, you know, we've spent some time outside of the country, so outside of Luxembourg, that is. And we just thought, you know, the existing media outlets that we're familiar with and all the stuff that's happening in Luxembourg uh, from a business perspective, we just we just didn't have this level of satisfaction 
you know, just in terms of what's happening. Uh, how can we just, uh, you know, keep in touch with the country uh, with all the things that are happening there? Because obviously, as the audience know, um, things have been ramping up in the Grand Duchy and there's not enough or there's not been a lot of coverage about this, or at least not in detail. So we just thought, well, why don't we just launch a podcast and we just get in touch with the leaders of the country and of their companies just to shine a different light on it and and speak in a more transparent way. And so initially, yeah, we, we just launched it for our own consumption, for our own needs, hoping to develop our network, thinking that one day we might just go home and and do our own bits. Um, and uh, as it turns out, it just it just became a a much more a much bigger success because we just didn't expect so many people tuning in when we launched. Uh, and and since then, we've had a very well, which I'm sure we'll probably discuss in a few minutes. But um, we've had a very long list of prestigious guests joining the the show. What is quite important is that you hear all the good things Luxembourg businesses and all those government agencies are doing in Luxembourg. But the moment you step out the country over the borders, mainly mainly in France and Germany, you hear a little bit. But all the Anglo-Saxon, the US um, countries and so on, people have a perspective of Luxembourg that is not always the right one. And... Our idea with the podcast was to shed some light onto these different businesses, but market the companies and the the, the country in itself um, in in different nations. So almost like um, nation branding, and and I think that's where most of the success um, is coming from. The podcast is called the Lux Unplugged Podcast. I mean, it's quite a catchy name. So, whose idea was it, and what what were you hoping to achieve with the name? So, many people ask that question. So, oftentimes, especially when you ask that question, in Luxembourg people will think, "Oh, MTV Unplugged." Or, Did you guys launch a music project? And uh, and we thought, well, you know, it, it 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 kind of it's in line with. Well, it was in line with the, the spirit of music, but as uh, you know, in the, in the wider sense of the definition, um, unplugged. When you do something which is unplugged, it kind of just says you're doing something without a filter, um, and that's exactly what we tried to do with um, the podcast: just having just sitting down with people involved in their business or you know leading business in in Luxembourg, uh, giving them the opportunity to talk about themselves, how they view the world, their vision. And and where they see the, the you know the business the the Luxembourg ecosystem evolving, just giving them a chance to kind of speak freely and us you know sitting with them, uh, giving you know having like a more critical approach to do it. So not just only you know doing like pure nation branding, um, you know once uh, the one sided part of things, but also you know having giving everyone the, the chance to kind of um, looking at this uh, critically speaking. And and that's that's just uh, yeah that, I think that's just in a nutshell how we thought about it just uh, just having very transparent conversations so that everyone especially the audience can make up their their own minds and and you know go a little bit further than actually just uh, just having shallow conversations on the country. Well, just thinking back to when you started the podcast, can you tell us a bit more about your first episode? Who was your guest? When was it aired? How how, how was the podcast launched, so to speak? I think. What is quite important to think about is we launched a product um, or the podcast without prior experience. So for the first couple of weeks, um, you know, it was an idea. We started researching. 
the jingles, what we're going to call the name. You know, you said it's a, it's a catchy name, but the, the name just didn't come out of, just out of thin air. So it was a bit of research to do. And then obviously um, we did have a few contacts that we said, well, those we can ask if they want to come onto the podcast. Um, and But what we noticed, we did cold acquisitions, so to speak, and we just looked at different leaders in the country and then said, let's email those those individuals and see if they are interested in appearing on a podcast that hasn't even been launched yet. Um, our first guest was Richard Forson, um, the CEO of Cargolux. And um, yeah, I think uh, overall, I believe I'm correct to say, uh, Adrian dropped him an email um, and then Richard gave us about a half an hour in his office to do a recording. And uh, Adrian happened to be in Luxembourg and, and he went uh, and did the recording and that was our first episode. Um, and I think Adrian can talk a little bit about um, what the experience was, you know, going to someone's office, setting up um, the recording material that we haven't used before. And then hopefully everything works and uh, we, we're not making a fool out of ourselves. Yeah, no, I I remember the um, especially before I came into his office, he you know we had a brief conversation. I think, but I think Cherry, you probably also facilitated the the contact with Richard Forson. But uh, essentially, I, I spoke to him um, on a day. You know, I, I, he was asking me to pitch the Lux Unplug podcast. Without uh, you know, I, I wasn't oiled <laughs> to do anything else. I we just launched it. We just thought, well, let's just give it a go. And and he just he gave me probably five minutes to pitch it. Um and uh, you know, with me without prior knowledge, I just went with it and and said, you know, this is what we're trying to achieve. And he said, well, like Terry just said, this is I'm just here on that day in Luxembourg. Then then I'll then I'll be I'll be spending my time in China. That's that's the only chance I, I can give you. Yeah, and I was I was in Luxembourg, came into the office, um, was very uh, I wouldn't say intimidated, but you know, just like someone someone with this kind of breath and this this someone's you know someone working for a, a leading uh freight company that's got literally no time for someone like me um just sat there and and we just ended up having a very good conversation it was it was very much time but but at the end of the day just it it was um it was just that particular podcast that particular episode that kicked off the whole uh, adventure and um and i have to say today i'm still very thankful for his uh you know for believing in us believing in a project and the mission and uh, and I guess the rest is uh, is history. Actually, also I think what we can mention is that uh, we had Kim Schumacher probably about one or two weeks before that actual recording with Richard Forson. We did a, a test run that we actually used as an episode, um, and Kim was in uh, in London, and we recorded in a in a professional studio. So that gave us a little bit of a, of an idea what we're trying to do and how it's all working. And and with Kim, I think we recorded about an hour in person. So um, so that gave us a little bit of the of, of the determination to say, oh yeah, okay, this is something that can actually work. I mean, it's quite, if I can say, the coup to have the CEO of Cargo Locks, you know, one of the few companies probably that are known worldwide, um, appear on your first episode. What what impact, if if any, did the fact that such a prominent figure agreed to appear on your podcast have sort of for the rest of the story well I, th I think you know it's fair to say if you get a couple of big names early on 
then you can go to other big names. And I wouldn't say being aggressive, but you can say, here's my, here's my list of people I've talked to on the podcast. What is the reason you wouldn't talk to me? And, and it helps you convincing um, other leaders uh, to appear on the podcast. And I think if you look at those two seasons, uh, three seasons that we have, I think 49 episodes or 50 episodes now, um, if you look at the entire list of guests we had, um, I think it's fair to say that there is a benefit of uh, appearing on the podcast. Um, and yeah, I think you know it always helps uh, if you have someone like Richard on your first episode. Um, and that helps to get you the, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the 20th name uh, to appear or reappear even. Uh, you know, because we had some guests that appeared more than once on the podcast. And how do you decide on who to invite as a guest? Do you have a sort of list or is it more an iterative process where maybe one guest introduces you to another guest? I mean, there's no there's no set agenda. Um, I, th- I think um, in the beginning, we just we just went for, you know, what we, you know, obviously there the, the was a, a Richard Forson coming on and, and that kind of opened up doors. But I think when when you start start up a, such a project, it's it's kind of easier because the the ecosystem is still. I mean, it's untapped, so we had no no plan. I think more recently the um, the the news flow. I mean, like the some uh, some areas that are more you know that are quite hot topics in Luxembourg, like space or you know high performance computers, just to name a few, have uh, have given us a bit more like this the, the impetus, like the the, the guidance to. To kind of you know sharpen our eyes and 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 redirect the, the agenda, but I think uh, overall, yeah, it, it it pretty much depends on where the companies are, where the leaders are doing, when there's like something important coming coming up, and it's worthwhile for us to have a, a follow episode with with that particular person. Or, I mean, assuming it that that person has already appeared on the show, then it gives us more more like the uh, the pulse to determine what's what's coming up next. And and I think this is pretty much the way we're going to do it um, going forward. And how do you go about contacting potential guests? I think it's fair to say that um, myself and Adrian, we have different ways of approaching uh, people. But overall, it's very often, you know, we see someone we would like to talk or it would be beneficial to talk uh, and have this conversation. Um, and then it can be either from a, you know, just a, a calling their office or sending the person an email or a direct approach over 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 linkedin and um yeah so far that has been very successful i mean we have a couple of stories where we we approach certain guests differently and i think adrian has a good story about about one and i think yeah you know sometimes some need more convincing than others um but so far almost everyone we wanted to have on the podcast uh, we managed to convince that uh, an, recording an episode with us is is great. Yeah, so bouncing back on one of the um, the ways to um, approach people, um, I, I think the most uh, the most traditional approach that I had recently, because I, I it was more like to, to adapt my uh, you know the the approach to the the kind of persona that we want to talk to. So. Um, as the audience knows, um, we had Jean-Claude Juncker, the former president of the European Commission, coming on in uh, September earlier this year. And um, so 
for those, I mean, everyone knows Jean-Claude Juncker, but uh, probably few know that he has got a very limited social media exposure. Um, nothing from him is is kind of public, unless you get a few clues, you know, on on how to to, to get in touch with him. And and I I I think I remember that was last year in 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 the middle of the pandemic. Uh, lockdown was at the height, um, and and I just thought, well, okay. Uh, for me, it was always a dream to get to get Jean-Claude Juncker on the show. For some reason, I just I just thought, you know, he's he's certainly got lots of things to to talk about, not only about Luxembourg but also the European project and so forth. And and I thought, well, how can I how can I get in touch with him? And I, I have no point of contact and and etc. And I thought, you know, he he's probably one of the that generation that would appreciate a, a handwritten letter. And uh, so I, I I kind of did a bit of research. I thought like you know it's, it's good to have a letter, but where do I send it to? Um, uh, and um, so for some contacts of mine, I I managed to get an address to send it to. It's like more like his personal address, so to speak. And and uh, by having that by having done that research, I I just give it a try. I sent it to him um, in in May 2020, and I got an answer from his secretary in October of that same year. Um, saying that they they have acknowledged the receipt of the letter and then they will be considering or he would be considering coming on the podcast. It took it took a bit longer as uh, as I just mentioned earlier that um, before he he would be recording a, an episode with us, but it was definitely worthwhile trying out and, and giving our best and and that's one of the the good stories that we have uh, up our sleeves. You've mentioned sort of certain sectors within Luxembourg, hyper-performing computers, uh, space mining and various other things that are sort of hot topics. Um, are there any areas um, that you think you want to focus on in the future? Well, if you if you listen, example, to our latest episode uh, with, with one of the recent developments, obviously, in the, in the climate discussions, I think it's very important, even for Luxembourg, or even more so for Luxembourg, to have these conversations around those topics. So I think we will see more and more conversations with um, climate um, businesses, and hopefully Luxembourg will develop more and more um, companies or even sectors that work in that space. So I think that will come up more and more in the in the future. I think to add what you just said, um, Cherry. So I think, uh, yeah, the climate topic is uh, extremely important because, well, not only you know we've we've tended to cover it more often than not um, in in recent episodes, but also one thing, and and I'm not going to disclose too much about this, but what we what we're aiming for is also to to kind of you know grow the team, so within the Luxembourg project, to have more correspondence, to have more people, you know, taking the mic. And and you know taking on a, a more of a leadership role, to especially in the in the climate space because because we in Luxembourg we you know we we um we have a huge opportunity um, when it comes to you know we we just coming out of the COP twenty six conference we we just had Claudia uh, Hitai uh, appearing on the show and 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 we just found out that there's so many things for Luxembourg to do it's just that we need to kick off a dialogue we need to kick off a discussion for everyone to kind of understand what they need to do. And how we can leverage the resources that we have. So I think yes, uh, definitely in that, in that respect, we have um, we have a lot of potential to to dig a little bit more into into this uh, field of expertise. I mean, if 
are there any particular people that, so to speak, are on your wish list? Um, I mean, Adrian, you mentioned that you've had Jean-Claude Juncker on the show. That's obviously, again, quite the coup and a, a very prominent speaker. Um, do, do either of you have a sort of particular candidate or uh, maybe one or two guests that you would like to have on the show and that you haven't had the opportunity yet, but that you're considering? There are people we are not talking to, obviously, but um, I think it, it all depends on on how certain things within the country are developing and who we then speak to. I think from my personal personal perspective, I think, you know, and it's something that came up a few times is where uh, listeners of our podcast are saying, you know, you need to have more female leaders and you know, we want to speak to more female leaders, but it does some, sometimes it's very difficult to get in front of the right people. Um, and I think Luxembourg has still a lot to do to have a more diverse uh, leadership. And I think the more we can have these conversations on the podcast with female leaders, I think that is, from my perspective, what, what needs to happen. Uh, I'm going to make a more general statement. So I think perhaps I don't have any names. In my mind because um uh there's always you know my, my my grandmother tends to say that Luxembourg is a big family so there's always a, a a way to um to kind of get in touch with people but I think the ones that we don't talk about are the ones you know you you've got very dynamic very active Luxembourgers um running businesses I suppose outside of of the Grand Duchy uh, I think I, I would like to focus also on, on on that kind of population in in the future. But uh, but it's it's still in its infancy in terms of research in terms of you know where we're going, so um, probably there'll be more more uh, more stuff or more news coming up in in the coming months. But in general, I think Luxembourg um, still has some work to do in terms of speaking about the, themselves, speaking about the, what con- Luxembourg is doing. Um, you know, speaking freely on a podcast is is um, I mean people do that on radio shows and so forth, but. It's it's a question of adoption, and I think um, the the more the 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 podcast industry, the podcast kind of adoption gets mature in Luxembourg, the the, the more well, the easier it will be to get further guests on the show. I think I think so far, I believe we've we've done a very good job in terms of convincing people to join it. I think it's people are are very um are very curious to find out what it is, but I think we've still got a lot of untapped potential, and I actually quite look forward. To, uh, to exploiting it in the next uh, months or, or years to come. If you look at um, podcasts, uh, interviews, if that's visual or just audio, uh, the UK, the US, you know, a lot of business leaders are doing a lot of self-promotion and Luxembourg lacks a little bit behind that. You know, it's it's very hard sometimes to find where... Uh, a business leader in Luxembourg ha- had a conversation or an interview before uh, where they talk a little bit about their business, but also about their journey. And um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do, you know, opening up these doors so that a lot of people can learn from, you know, the likes of Richard Forson or, or others and, and talk a little bit about what motivates them, how do they get to the position they're in, and and I think that is a very very much um, what you often hear in in countries like the UK, uh, the US. But even even so, if you listen to podcasts in, in in Germany nowadays, you know they leaders are speaking about 
what they're doing on on podcasts, and hopefully that is something that will encourage more uh, business leaders um, in Luxembourg uh, to appear on the podcast. I mean, there's a question that sort of follows a little bit from what you just said, Thierry, which is, what 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 preparation do you do before interviews? Do you do you research the person? Do you try and find prior interviews? Do you write out questions? I mean, as you as you both know, I'm I'm a lawyer, and uh, if I were doing a podcast, I probably would have a list of questions. Um, even if you don't necessarily stick to it, but but give me some comfort. So can you just talk maybe a little bit about what, what you do before an interview and how you get yourself ready for it? Yeah, so I think it's a more of a top-down uh, approach. So uh, again, it's the, um, you know depends on the field that we, that we we're researching, the, the type of personality that we that we're talking to. I think oftentimes we, we get clues from uh, from the local. Uh, media outlets, you know, where there's any any anything that is uh, of particular interest, then we would just get information from uh, from those sources. Um, there's, of course, you know, the, the way we've structured our uh, our conversations are very much like, you know, we we need to have like a a few keywords or a few key key threads that we want to follow. Um, there's there's some things that we want to find out, but most of the actually interesting things that we hope to get out of the of people that we interview um they are actually unearthed during a conversation so i think there's, there's some element of preparation but the other part which is i think the most exciting part is the the the, the follow-up questions the um, anything anything that you know we, we we were not expecting and and, and it kind of uh, creates this this curiosity it, it, it there's more questions coming out of this and and i think that's that's what keeps us going um, and and I've always found it very fascinating to to do that. But maybe Jerry, do you have any any input on that as well? Yeah, I think you know you you're quite right. Some some obviously need more research, more preparation, and then you know we we had one guest as an example where um, the conversation started and we had certain topics that we wanted to cover, and we deviated a little bit in the conversation. And then I took the lead because I, uh, at that point, had a little bit more um, experience in, in, in the sales field. Uh, when we speak about finance and so on, that's where Adrian takes more the lead. And I, I'm questioning or my questions uh, within the conversation are slightly different because I'm not working in that field. So I'm doing even less preparation because I just want to hear what the guest is saying and I want to understand it, so to speak, in Lehman's terms um, and make it clear that, you know, not all our listeners are working or coming from the background or the field that our guest on that particular episode is listening to. So we have very different approaches, uh, both of us, and I think they combine each other uh, quite good. So that's interesting um, to the to the listeners and, and of course, uh, to the guests when we have that conversation. It's also a, a mutual thing um, because oftentimes when it's when people don't, don't know how to articulate things, I mean, guess when they don't know how to articulate things, it's uh, it's it, it makes our role as a moderator even more important. And and a lot of times people say, well, it's a very technical field. We will have to work a lot on it to to kind of you know make it more accessible to uh, to a non technical uh, audience. And and I find it, you know, it it makes it, uh, it it also pushes people that are not used to talking about their own uh, their own areas of expertise in in a more you know in in layman's terms, as Jerry just said, 
and uh, and I find it quite fascinating. And and it's it's sometimes even without preparation, it it makes it even better because you just we we ourselves the the the, the, the non sophisticated audience in 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 some areas. So it makes it actually quite quite interesting to um to run in that sense. Well, that's very interesting because I was just about to ask about your audience. I mean. As, as you both know, I'm from Luxembourg myself, and I find the podcast incredibly interesting. It, it covers a wide array of topics, um, most of which I don't know anything about. Um, I can I can say I've learned a lot from the podcast. Um, it, it provided certainly for me a welcome distraction during lockdown and during my maternity leave when I was pushing my pram around. Um, but when you started, who was your target audience? Was it Luxembourgers in Luxembourg? Was it expats in Luxembourg? Was it Luxembourgers all over the world? Who 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 were you trying to reach? I think, like Adrian said um, early on in in this conversation, is that we didn't have a real plan when we launched uh, the podcast. We wanted to grow our network and then see where it takes us. If we now look at uh, fifty fifty episodes. Um, you know, we have a wide range of of listeners. I wouldn't call it fans of those companies that we are talking to, but you know, followers. Um, so we do have a wide range from Luxembourg, uh, the UK, uh, but a lot of um, listeners in the US and especially uh, within the Silicon Valley um, region. So yeah, we have a wide range of 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 listeners, um, but it always depends uh, on. On of course uh, the the topic uh, that we are covering. I mean, presumably you collate some data about your listeners, and I think in your summer wrap up you mentioned that you had listeners from over seventy five countries. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, no, I mean it, this this has been. Um, I mean, Cherry was just highlighting the the hot areas that um, that people are listening into from um, like the many the Anglo Saxon. Um, uh, regions, but uh, yeah, effect, effectively over time, and and I think uh, if if you just take the absolute numbers of of countries that that listeners are are tuning in from, uh, it it covers all the you know the, the, all the continents uh, literally, uh, which again for for us has been has been an, uh, a completely unexpected uh, you know breadth of of uh, success uh, and and reach so to speak. So so I think. It's um it's turned into like well, we like always saying that we are the private nation uh, a private nation branding initiative uh, with our own agenda obviously uh, we've got no backing of of any sort of public institution but um but it, it's very comforting for us to know that um uh not only Luxembourg which is a, which is a very big big audience obviously now but uh, there's a lot of interest coming in coming in from from all those uh, those varied uh, geographies uh, worldwide. And I think, of course, it was important at the beginning, you know, when we decided that we wanted to do um, the podcast in English, was that our audience should be widespread. Um, and as Adrian just said, a private nation branding um, institution, company, whatever you want to call us, you know, um, and, and that's what we do. And and we wanted to reach a maximum of listeners from, from different countries. And I think that's where we got so far. So that's quite exciting. I mean, you've been going for two years now, and I think, Jerry, you said 50 episodes. Um, just picking up on sort of what Adrian said earlier on, that almost it started as a personal project and out of personal interest. So I assume you didn't think you would be going for quite this long. 
Now, can you tell us a bit about your plans for the future? Where, where's the podcast going? Yeah, I, I briefly touched upon it. Um, so the um, bits on climate, for instance, is one of the topics that we want to expand more on. And um, and of course, uh, for, for this, we are uh, actively looking for partners to support us in this. So we, we you know, it's just at the minute, it's just the two of us with uh, Elena, uh, who's who's recently joined or who joined the project uh, earlier this year, and and she's been massively helpful in in uh, you know in fleshing out the marketing strategy and so forth. So I think you know we've we've just 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 from our perspective, we've kind of plateaued uh, from an organic growth perspective. Um, so you know we, we again the success that we, we've achieved now is it's just been based on you know just uh, on a trial and error basis. Uh, but now it just uh, for, for us, I mean, obviously we want to we want to continue. So this has now become a, a long term project. We see potential. Um, so, in a nutshell, just to say that we want to expand the team. We want to get more support from institutions in Luxembourg that that, that have acknowledged the value that we bring to to the ecosystem. Uh, and and of course, um, the I think twenty twenty two will be uh, uh, different in a sense that we will keep running the the flagship, so the flagship Luxembourg Plug podcast, and and the ensuing series or, or um, episodes that we release on a on a periodic basis, but we also want to to launch uh, specifically or, or dedicated series, not only about climate but other topics. But on this, probably we'll have a we'll, we'll uh, uh, wait and and provide more details when in, when the new year's uh, has started. Right, so it's very difficult to get anything from you right now. I see. Um, you you've mentioned Elena, and I think in your summer wrap up, you mentioned uh, hiring a marketing team recently. Can us can you tell us a bit more why? You, you hired actually a marketing team and what the sort of purpose of that is I think uh, before we before we met today you know we we spoke about the the challenges of launching a podcast and t- how time consuming certain things can be and you know while you sit with the guest um, and have the conversation for 35 45 minutes, that's only 45 minutes um but you do your research you do the cutting you need to do the social media presence um you need to develop a little bit of a strategy on how you're launching what you're launching and when you're launching uh, a certain content and i think you know not to forget adrian and myself we have a very busy work schedule you know we're not just sitting somewhere in the office not doing anything all day long so um you know, we, we have families, so we just needed help um, on taking certain items off our plate so we, that we can concentrate with the time that we have available to dedicate to the podcast uh, to work on it. And, you know, we, we're doing that off our own backs, uh, uh, on our own budget. So, yeah, we, we need to just make sure that we um, uh, that it doesn't turn into a full-time job. And that's why we needed uh, additional resources to cover uh, especially the, the the marketing part of of this endeavor. I mean, we're we're recording this um, right now, and I have wondered, um, having not made a podcast myself before, um, what will happen now? You've just briefly mentioned, Thierry, that the work for you two doesn't stop um, the minute you've spoken to a guest. So when you finish the recording, um, can you tell us a bit about what happens next? Is there a lot of editing that goes on? Um, is there a lot of cutting that goes on? Do you sometimes have to re-record? The editing is the biggest part of the of the work. Um, 
if we, I mean, the ratio is, for, for argument's sake, if you if you record one hour, uh, you probably need three to four hours to cut and edit, edit the uh, the piece to make it acceptable or to make it consumable in that sense. Sometimes it's less because uh, it depends on, on, on the guests, on, on the type of topics that we cover, if it's more interesting or less interesting. That's uh, that's always subjective. But uh, yeah, uh, so this, this this is the biggest piece. And then, of course, the preparation, the descriptions of the, the episodes, summary of, of the notes. Uh, we, we're not... I mean, one of the things that we, we have not produced yet is the script the transcript of uh, of the conversation which i think would be quite very useful for people who don't have time to um to listen to the episode in full and prefer reading it so i think that's maybe something that we, we we're thinking about in the future also some some form of marketing uh, um attribute to add to our to our bow um but yeah no i, th- I think it's it it's you know it's not about just recording uh, having the mic in front of us and, and pressing a button and, and, and ending it that's it's it's just a tip of the iceberg and as, as you said sophie there's a lot of stuff happening in the background before uh, we release the the episode and are you ever asked by the guests to cut out certain questions or answers or to edit um the podcast in a certain way or do i take it from your name because it's called unplugged um, that is actually almost unfiltered. It's almost unfiltered, I would say. Um, we, when time allows, of course, and, and it's agreed with, with the guest or with their communications department, um, then uh, we send them the, the the edited version in advance so that they can listen to it. Um, but I think, you know, after that amount of episodes, um most of our guests or even their communications or marketing department have listened to certain, if not all, of the episodes. And you know they know what they're getting when they talk to us. So we haven't really been asked to edit anything out so far. Um, but you know when somebody listens to the episode before it comes out and they say, oh, can we cut this out? Then, you know, we, of course, more than happy to do so. Um, you know, no one has really ever said anything that were that we had a reason or they had a reason to cut something out maybe the maybe the last question um given given we're sort of running out of time what for those who sort of listen to the episode they will know that there's quite some catchy music at the beginning and a lovely female voice that introduces both of us um, whose voice is that and how did you go about selecting that sort of music or soundtrack, if I can call it that? Um, that's a good question. So um, we had no prior knowledge on how to do, um, well, as as you said, Sophie, it's, it's, we had to record a, vo- a voiceover uh, piece that would introduce the podcast uh, every time we release a piece. So um, I think we've, this lady that, uh, that we hired um was or, or still is active with the the BBC radio uh and we quite we quite like her voice and she was uh, she was kind of um doing work you know on the side of offering her services to to record anything that was podcast related or any any sort of media related uh, uh, side gigs that she was interested in she she would do it and we hired her we had a quick chat to her and 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 told her what we wanted to achieve and she was very happy to to take that on and and uh yeah we gave her the script and uh and she she gave she did a few iterations and we loved one of them and and that's what we've retained since the very beginning of uh of the venture and yeah and, and anything else like the, the the jingles the outro intro um tunes 
it, it's something that we, you can just find uh, on on you know on the internet. There's there's plenty of websites that give you the um, uh, the option to uh, to pick generic uh, tunes that could complement things like podcasts. So uh, it, it it was quite actually I have to say it was really fun to to bundle it all together. So um so that's that's one of the things you know you you've got a product launch and this this is how you you kind of go with it, isn't it? There's no set rules attached to to this kind of uh, of framework. Just looking at the time, I think we will need to wrap up there. Thank you very much, Adrian and Cherry, for joining me here today. On behalf of the Luxembourg um, Society, a big thank you. Thank you also for those who have joined us here at the Luxembourg Embassy on a cold November day. And thank you to everyone who's been listening into the live stream. Thank you very much, uh, Sophie, for having us and the Luxembourg Society here in London. It was a real pleasure to talk about our uh, Luxembourg venture. Uh, and of course, for the audience, uh, watch out. There's uh, many more things to come on. And uh, if for, for the for the the audience of the Luxembourg uh, Society, uh, feel free to keep following us or to start following us on LinkedIn or any other social media. But we are on the main streaming platforms, and we look forward to having news from from you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, um, Sophie, for the invite. It's uh, great to have this conversation. And uh, also thank you for listening, of course, um, to all the listeners we have, wherever you are, and also for those who've been here today. Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time. Mm-hmm.